Keontae George is making major progress in the pick and roll, and Jazz fans should be super excited about it. It's next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. On today, we look at Keontae George and the pick-and-roll progress. 900 pick-and-rolls he's run this year. We look at both when he went out of the starting lineup and played in the bench. We also split them in half, and it's pretty fascinating on how much better he's gotten and who he's running the pick-and-roll with. But a little caveat that that is now out of whack again. We'll talk about it coming up. Plus... Warriors expose a ton of Jazz weaknesses and rotation issues exist as the Jazz try to put this thing back together for 48 minutes of basketball. If we have a chance, we'll do Trends Monday on a Tuesday. We just didn't get a chance to do it yesterday. Uh, That's what we've got planned. As I mentioned, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz. It's your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, Geeky numbers and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcasting apps. We also want to thank the everydayers that are out there. And if you're listening right now, thumbs up, please. Thumbs up for Keontae's progress. We'll touch on that in a second. Uh, Thumbs up on the YouTube. And if you have not subscribed, please do and hit that bell button. If you're listening on audio on Spotify or iTunes or wherever it might be, please follow and subscribe uh, on the show. It's all free. Thank you very much. Uh, Today's show, this edition of Locked on Jazz, a Tuesday edition, is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code all lowercase locked on NBA for your first deposit match up to 100 all right, so Keontae is, these numbers do not include last night. Um, there, There's some interesting things about last night. So Keontae has run, going into last night, 909 pick and rolls, which gets to be, begins to get to be a kind of an interesting sample size. So there's two ways to look at it. And if you recall earlier this year, we looked at it and Keontae was really struggling with the pick and roll and you could feel him getting much better recently Some of this may be because he was playing on lineups against second-team guys. That certainly helps. Um, Some of it also is just because he's growing up. Now, if you recall, every day or might, we did this earlier this year, and I remember correctly in the research that we did on De'Aaron Fox and a bunch of players, it really came down that you literally needed like 5,000 pick-and-rolls in your career before you got to be kind of an above 1.1, 1.0 player in, in productivity in the pick and roll. Uh, Jalen Brunson's run 2,000 this year. He leads the league. Keontae is, is at 935. He's run the 33rd most amount of pick and rolls of anyone in the league. Pretty great just to have that much exposure. So here are the interesting numbers. On December 13th, on December 13th, Keontae gets hurt, leaves the lineup. On that day, Keontae ranked 99th out of 100 pick and roll ball handlers. So the guys who... The top 100 pick-and-roll ball handlers in the NBA, he ranked 99th out of 100. I actually usually do 90. It's three per team. Um, that's the way I look at it, but I did 100, and he's 90. he was 99th out of 100. He was 89 out of 90th. At 0.79 points 
per pick and roll. That's 546 picks. So that's that's about you know that's about 65 percent of his picks. He ranked 99th of 100. Since December 26, he comes back in that San Antonio game after Christmas. He is instead of 0.79, he's at 1.10, which is great. And he ranks 17th out of 100. That is massive progress from 99th out of 100 to 17th out of 100. If we split them in half, 450 pick and rolls on each side. You can't quite do it. You get 443 before December 5th, and you get 466 after December 6th. And when he hits 1,000, we can split him in half again. The first 443, Keontae's points per chance on pick and roll is 0.80. It's very poor. Since then, he's 1.02. Massive progress. Pretty great. What gets really interesting here is when you start to break down who he ran his pick and rolls with. So prior to December 5th, he ran 142 pick and rolls with John Collins and averaged 0.78 points per pick and roll with John Collins. Pretty ugly. Actually, all of his numbers were pretty ugly on all, everyone he was 0.78 with John, 0.76 with Walker, 0.83 with Lowry, 0.69 with Jordan. Like it's all of them are ugly. He was 99th out of 100. Like let's not like put it. I'm not trying to put it on anyone. So, but it's interesting here the transformation. He ran 142 picks with John Collins. He ran 74 with Lowry, 55 with Omer Yerkesaven, 52 with Walker Kessler. And 37 small smalls with Jordan Clarkson. Let me say that again. So the first half of the season, he ran 142 of his 443 picks with John Collins. So about a little over 25%, about 30%. And then Lowry, 74. And then Yerk saving 55, so about 12%. And Walker, 52. And then Jordan. Since December 6th, what's really interesting is he completely changed who he ran his pick and rolls with. Because he started coming off the bench. It's really, she ran 105 with Walker. They went from 0.76 to 1.09. Pretty great. Massive progress. So you ran two times as many. So in other words, he went from running about 12% to about 28% of his picks with Walker Kessler. And Yesterday, Will Hardy in the press conference said the thing that Keontae's gotten best at is suddenly his ability to recognize the roller and to pick up on the roller. Number two, he ran with Kelly Olenek, 75 pick and rolls. He wasn't running any with Kelly before. And they were really good, 1.08. So he's going to really miss that. He ran 74 with Lowry before. He ran 74 with Lowry on the front side, he got better, 0.83 to 0.92. Still not great, but 0.83 to 0.92. He went from running 142 with John Collins down to just 50 with John Collins, and he's got better. He went from 0.78 to 0.98, but not nearly the jump that he did with Walker to 1.09. And he ran 50 with Jordan, which is somewhat similar. And he got a little bit better with Jordan, too, from 0.69 to 0.98. So Keontae just got way better. 
Some of these are against second-team guys, but he got way better. But also, a huge transformation of who he ran his pick-and-rolls with. So he suddenly became that he's running those pick-and-rolls with Walker and Kelly instead of John Collins and really Omer Yerkshaven. It's a big difference. That helps you develop. What's a little worth keeping an eye on is since the trade deadline, Keontae's run 41 pick and rolls. Only four of those 41 are with Walker. A little bit because of rotations, though, in the two games, Will has done two different things with with the rotations. And one is he pulled John Collins first and kept Walker in. And last night, he pulled Walker first and kept John Collins in. Last night, Keontae and Walker did not play on the floor very much together. Other than the minutes when he's with John Collins. We'll we'll get to some of those. There's a two-game sample size that's not enough right now, but it's worth just keeping an eye on. Um, so that's worth that's worth noting. And the pick and roll game hasn't been very good the last two games. So this floor spacing is not nearly as good without Kelly. But the overall concept here is you want you want like a big win. This is a big win. Like Keontae showing really, really exciting signs of of where he is. And if you want to take a second and take, just look at it and get a concept, the next thing I think you probably ask, well, okay, where does that put him? So if we just take since December 26, when he came back from the injury, he had a second to kind of pursue, see what's going on. He was out of the starting lineup. He's now back into the starting lineup, was Will Hardy said last night. He just thought it was time. And you look at where Keontae is in that stretch of guys running pick and rolls since since basically Christmas. He's run the 45th most amount of pick and rolls in the NBA. If we do the top 60 guys, so those guys, top two pick and roll guys on each team, okay? So the top 60 guys in the NBA. Then Keontae's point per chance at 1.10 in that stretch ranks him or 1.06, excuse me, ranks him 18th in the NBA. Number one is Jason Tatum. Number two is Marcus Sasser, actually interesting rookie for Houston. Then Luca, James Harden, Steph Curry, like guys you'd expect. Malik Monk sneaks in there. Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halberton, CJ McCollum, Jalen Williams in, in Oklahoma city. who's just a beast. Collins 12th. And then you get to Keontae at 18th. He's surrounded by Scotty Barnes, Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brunson, Keontae George, Karis LeVert, Kyrie Irving, and Derek White. Pretty great. So tip of the hat to Keontae. Warriors expose a ton of Utah Jazz weaknesses last night. And an unfortunate issue exists again that had gone away. That's next as we're just getting started here on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. The Hyundai lineup of cars, totally fabulous, starting with this Kona Zippy Small, gets everything done. The Palisade is the beauty of the SUV lineup in the middle is the Tucson, which I'm driving right now and really enjoying, and the Santa Fe, which we've purchased two of for the kids. So when you look at the car of the Santa, that is the, then you have the, I mean, just because they just, 
tooling with us. The Ionic 5 and the Ionic 6, which are both the cars of the year, the electric car, Ionic 5 and Ionic 6. The Hyundai lineup of cars is just absolutely fabulous. And then you get the Murdoch's 80 plus years doing business in Utah, making sure that you have the best experience you can possibly have. So it's all over at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also in Logan and in Lynn. If you're going to stop by, please stop by. Give me a little holler. Let me come by and uh, get you a VIP meeting with somebody over at Murdoch Hyundai to make sure that you get the best possible experience that you can get. All over at Murdoch Hyundai. Email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks. PrizePicks.LockedOnNBA will get you a first deposit match up to $100. It's demon time on Prize Picks. You can now win up 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn 10 into 1,000. Demons and Goblins is the newest and most exciting way to play Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins give you different payouts. And you can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. It's the easiest way to play. It's the number one fantasy sports app with over 300 million members. And it's the most exciting way to play. It's you against the numbers. Pick more or less than two or six stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA for your first deposit match up to $100. Locked on prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA for your first deposit match up to $100. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. We greatly appreciate you. And to the everydayers out there, thanks for stopping by and saying hi, games, and for being with us each and every day. Absolutely fabulous. Appreciate you so much. Uh, all right. So the Warriors last night just exposed the Jazz. Um, it was a bad offensive game for the most part. Um, defensively, the Jazz actually, I thought, stayed kind of engaged for most of the night and then it just broke down. You can't break down. There's a three-play sequence in the fourth quarter. Uh, the game's down to nine. And then the Jazz just have massive defensive breakdowns against a team that doesn't allow it. So if you kind of go back through it, um, it's down to nine. There's eight minutes left. It's one. Uh, Kessler's hit a bucket. It's 100 to 91. And Steph Curry runs a pick and roll. Jordan Clarkson and John Collins just don't communicate at all. Um on the play in, in the slightest bit. It's kind of the classic warrior play. They go into the post. Moody comes and sets a pick on John Collins, who had been switched on to Curry at this point, and Jordan Clarkson just stays on Moody. John Collins gets picked by Moody, and Steph Curry is just zip code open, which is incredible, uh, for a three and makes it. like, And that's a bummer because that's two of your veterans right there, Jordan Clarkson and John Collins, who just did not execute that in the slightest. Then the next play down, Keontae scores, so we're still in the game. It's 10 point minutes left, 7.32 left. And the next play down, Steph brings it up to the front court. It's a pick and roll with Keontae George and John Collins. Trace Jackson Davis sets the pick. This time Jordan switches, and John Collins just doesn't close out far enough to Steph Curry. Like, I mean, that's like, you, you can't give Steph Curry airspace, and you've got to be aggressive coming out to Steph Curry. It, it's I understand it. it's really easy for me to sit here and say this, but on the other end, like it's Steph Curry's the greatest shooter in the history of the game. You're probably got to be self-aware of that one. And then on the next one, uh, Keontae George and John Collins struggle again on the pick and roll, and Trace Jackson Jr. Davis gets over the top, 
for an easy layup. Trace Jackson Davis was great. Steph Curry gets his ninth assist of the game, and it's the kind of the exact same play. John Collins this time comes out much more aggressively, and Keontae gets caught on the top side of Trace Jackson Davis on the pick and roll on the switch. And so then the lob comes into Jackson Davis and he lays it up and in over Lowry. And by that point, it's over. It's 108-93. You can't be, can't be down 10 and, and make mistakes like that. But there's just overall, there were three, two other things that came back to bite the Jazz last night that we haven't seen. One, one Turnovers were back. They just didn't look comfortable and connected in who they were on the basketball court. And the other one was play hard. Like the whole thing that changed on this team was that Colin Sexton won the starting lineup, Simone Fontecchio won the starting lineup, Chris Dunn won the starting lineup, and we started playing hard again. And I didn't think we played as hard last night, and I didn't think we played as hard against Phoenix either. Um, so Keontae's in the starting lineup, and Chris Dunn is not, and Simone's not because he's not with us. And I thought you just saw this team kind of – you can't ease your way into games against teams like the Golden State Warriors or the Los Angeles. Los Angeles Lakers was beat the crap out of you on Wednesday night if you do that. And the Warriors kind of beat the crap out of the Jazz tonight. So um, I think the intensity play hard is back – to a little bit of an issue for the Jazz. I just thought the Warriors exposed a lot of weaknesses last night. Honestly, I thought that. And that's a, and to me, that's not a criticism of the Jazz. That's a sign of how good the Warriors are, that they're back. Because that's what the Warriors have always done, is the Warriors have been able to exploit, kind of exploit your mistakes by making you kind of not, re, you know, just any anything you have that's slightly wrong, they expose it. The other one that's interesting on the Warriors is they're far and away the number one team in the NBA denying shots at the rim. They, they, I don't know how they do it. In fact, I'm going to ask Steve Kerr on Thursday. Like I didn't, I had two questions for Steve Kerr and he was not with the team. He was at the funeral in Serbia. One was why they have so little transition this year. And two, why they, how they possibly are denying shots. at the rim. It's not close. So the Warriors allowed 25.8% of opponent shots at the rim, 25.8. And the league average is 33. And the next closest in the league is 28.7. They're three percentage points better than the rest of the league at denying their, their guys play amazing position defense. When you drive to the basket, that, that's the first thing that jumps out to me. They, they play amazing, amazing positional defense. You just, I saw our guys drive into the chest of guys all night long. Um, so you know, huge credit to them for that. Number two is they just rotate and they force you to play to the open man. Last night, we actually did a half decent job for portions of the night of getting to the rim and then did not make very good decisions there because it gets clogged and it gets tight and it's difficult. Um, we took 20 shots at the rim last night. We took 27% of our shots at the rim last night which is below 33, but better than what most people do. But we shot 14 of 20 there. They did force us into just an inordinate amount of kind of short mid-range shots. We took 34 shots there. It's just not a great shot. Like it's a, the league average is about 41%. That's exactly what we shot. We took 36% of our shots there, which is an incredibly high number. And in turn, we got almost no corner threes last night. The Jazz offense, which is largely predicated on getting corner threes, we got four corner threes the entire night. So we just did not get very good high percentage shots last night. Um, and I think that's part of what happened last night. The other one that happened last night is the Warriors got 43 points, I think, in transition last night. Um, or 43 opportunities in transition, it looks like. They weren't particularly efficient at them, but that's a lot for the Warriors because, frankly, the, the they don't 
play in transition very much. Um, and so for the Jazz to suddenly allow that much transition is a little unusual um, because the Warriors have not been playing in transition. And the Jazz allow the most transition of anyone in the NBA. That is a major issue that has to get straightened out a tiny bit here is that the Jazz still continue to struggle with um, having of getting back in transition or, or keeping people out of transition. Um, the first unit had, had a tough night last night. We actually played our most possessions of the of the grouping last night with Chris Dunn, Taylor Horton Tucker, Jordan Clarkson, Taylor Hendricks, and Walker Kessler. They were on the floor, uh, I believe, the most possessions of any group last night, which is a, was a little surprising. Um, and they actually did fine. That that drive group, as Will Hardy referred to him, actually had a pretty decent, okay night. Um, the starting lineup last night, offensive rating was a .74. So that's a little tough. They shot... Uh, and turned it over on 32% of the possessions. They were on the floor. We'll, we'll touch into that in a second, because that's going to, ha- the Jets are going to have to, there's still rotation issues um, that exist. Uh, Warriors also, uh, we talked about in the switching there, they just exposed the Jazz in the pick and roll game. Um, again, I, I don't know that I think these are criticisms of the Jazz, as I do think these are compliments to the Warriors, just at how good they are, how good they're getting right now. And then defensively, I thought they, that, they made Lowry work as hard as any team all year. And, and in the post-game press conference, Will Hardy complimented Jordan Clarkson for considering the game that he was have that he was able to have an efficient game last night, considering the way the Warriors defended um, him last night. Jordan ends up with 22 points on 17 shots, and Lowry ends up with 19 points on just 17 shots. As, and they really were physical into Lowry in a way that we have not seen most of anybody be all season long. So uh, they'll be interesting to see how the Jazz counter that on Thursday. Uh, there are still some rotation issues here that um, the Jazz need to try to figure out. I'll talk about those here in just a second. I do not have the answers, unfortunately. I'm just going to point out some things that are going on and then kind of BS, kind of just say, uh, and that's not great because um, I don't actually have a good answer for them. So we'll touch on that uh, as we continue here. It is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Uh, and we'll touch, see what those ha- what we have for you, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Next segment of the show today is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online therapy, which is pretty great because it gives you amount of flexibility um, and it helps you, uh, makes it convenient for you and helps you out. So visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. I, I like to think of therapy, as I've said before when discussing this, as performance enhancement. Like what are the things that are getting in the way of you to perform in the best you can as a spouse, as an employee, as a friend? as a citizen, whatever it might be. Often there's the same things that kind of jump in the way and make you feel kind of funky and make you wonder why. Why am I in the same situation over and over and over again? Well, therapy therapy can be different for everyone. Must have bigger issues than, you know, some have bigger issues than others, some have smaller, whatever, but it's your own issue. So you get to deal with it as you want. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on MBA to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. Betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. Thanks so much for tuning in to Locked on Jazz today. Jazz Lakers coming your direction on Wednesday. That game will be available on Sirius XM, your hometown broadcast on Sirius XM. All right, so the Jazz have gone back to starting John Collins and Walker Kessler together because, quite honestly, I don't know who else they should start. 
right? You're starting Lowry, you're starting Colin, you're now starting Keontae. Sort of either Walker or John, and they're like, who else are you going to start? Like, I Taylor is certainly not ready to start yet, and I guess you could start Jordan Clarkson and start three guards, but that seems like it really disrupts your second unit. Um, I, I guess you could start Chris Dunn with Colin Sexton and Keontae George. I, you're getting pretty small. Um, I, I we're we're short a guy. We're short. Simone turned out to just be this kind of perfect fit to what it is. So in the last two games. And I think this is close to right when Jordan, and again, these are against super good teams, but when Jordan Clarkson, excuse me, when John Collins and Walker Kessler have been on the floor together and the two games were minus 20. When John Collins has been on the floor as a center, we're minus 26. And if I'm right on this, we're plus 15 with Walker on the floor in the last two games. Just Walker. It's really screwy that it's that far out of whack it almost feels like i did the research on this i looked used popcorn.net which is a great little site to kind of break these things down and look at our progression and now i feel like it can't possibly be right um i seems like it might be off by a little bit it's not actually i don't think so again we're minus 20 when when john and walker on the floor together in the last two games our sample size is like an ounce here. It's like a minor ounce. Like you just can't really do too much with this. We're minus 26 when John's on the floor by himself. We're plus 15 when Walker's on the floor by himself. Now, and then we get back to the thing I talked about earlier, that Keontae has only run four of his last 41 picks with Walker, who he was running his pick and rolls with really, really well. And that's probably the combination we're trying to develop, most importantly for the future of the franchise. This is really tricky on Will. I don't. I was hesitant to bring this up because I don't actually have answers. Like usually I like to, like there's a phrase in our house we use, no complaining without solutions. So I'm not really complaining because I don't have a solution. I'm just pointing it out that it's a little bit of a, a struggle right now to come up with what the right answers for this. In Phoenix, Will took John Collins out, kept Walker Kessler, and then brought John Collins back in. Against the Warriors, he took Walker Kessler out Kept John Collins and then Brock Walker Kessler back in. Um, it also has to do with whether players care whether they play two stints a half or three stints a half. So, for example, Walker last night played three stints per half. So he's playing three shorter stints. Does he get into the flow of the game? Whereas in Phoenix, Walker played one stint that was seven minutes and 30 seconds, and the next stint was six minutes. But last night, and this is Walker played four minutes and 10 seconds together. Then he played about another five minutes together, and then he played three minutes stints. So he's playing really short little bits last night. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't know what Walker prefers, and I don't know that Walker should be the one who determines this. Maybe John Collins doesn't like to play in short stints. John Collins played last night a nine-minute opening stint, and then he played a five-minute second stint in Phoenix. John Collins played an opening five-minute stint. Then he came back for an extended stretch of about nine and a half minutes, and then he closed with 225. So he played three stints. I, I I don't know whether there's a preference on either guys and whether they're going into Will Hardy's office and saying, like, hey, you know, I'd rather play longer stretches to get. So there's just some – it's just difficult right now. Um, and Will's fiddling with it and trying to figure out – and I think Will has openly said, like, I don't expect this to be pretty coming up here for the next few games – Taylor went on a really, I mean, he really left Taylor out there for a long time last night. He played 11 straight minutes 
Um, he had kind of one of the longest stretches. And then Jordan Clarkson played 18 straight minutes, um, which maybe JC is in such incredible physical condition he can do. That is unusual. So Jordan, you know, when, the problem with coming off the bench, by the way, is if you don't play the opening five minutes or six minutes of each half, your potential minutes you can play is down to 36. Well, Jordan was on pace to play 36. Like he was going to play all 36. That's until we pulled the plug. So Jordan's play, staying out there for this kind of incredibly long extended stretch of 18 minutes at a time, um, which he did not do in Phoenix. He got a break last night. He did. So it'll just be interesting to see. We just have these rotation issues, frankly, that still exist and they and I don't have great answers for them um, yet. I actually have a question just out of curiosity. I probably was, I was not going to bring this up, but I can't help myself. Do you think the same people that were complaining earlier this year that we shouldn't play Kelly over Taylor because Taylor seems minutes are now the same people saying we shouldn't have traded Kelly because we were competitive. Cause like it's really playing both sides of the fence. Or do you think they're different people? I don't know. It was just a question. I just sometimes wonder, like there's no way to know, right? Everyone's maybe not. I just was wondering. Um, all right, let's look at trends and wrap this baby up. Last 10 games, and then we'll look at last two weeks like we always do. So the hottest team in the NBA the last 10 games is the Cleveland Cavaliers. The second hottest team is the Minnesota Timberwolves again, who blasted the Clippers last night. The Warriors are the third hottest team in the NBA. Felt like it. They really were good last night. Boston's fourth. Phoenix is five. Felt like it. The Knicks six. Dallas seven. That's interesting on Dallas. Teams that are really struggling right now in the last 10 games, Toronto, M Memphis, Charlotte, 76ers, Jazz, Wizards, Nuggets. Interesting. Top offenses in the NBA the last 10 games, Atlanta's number one, Phoenix two, Boston three, Cleveland four, Knicks five, Warriors six. Teams that can't score right now, Memphis, Washington, Charlotte, San Antonio, Toronto, and Miami, and Denver. Denver board again? Teams playing the best defense right now, Minnesota, Cleveland, big jump, then the Warriors three, Houston, New Orleans, and Milwaukee. Worth noting, Doc Rivers has that team defending. Worst defense in the NBA the last 10 games, Utah Jazz. Philadelphia 76ers, Atlanta Hawks, Toronto Raptors, Charlotte, and the Lakers. So we'll have a matchup of two of the coldest defenses in the NBA. Let's go to cleaning the glass, which looks at a little bit more recent trends. Last two weeks, takes blowout time out of the game. Your number one team in the league recently is Minnesota, followed by Cleveland, New Orleans, Golden State, and Phoenix. It has felt like that. Teams struggling the most, Memphis, Toronto, Washington, Charlotte, San Antonio, and Portland. That's not surprising. Those are the teams we expect there. Toronto falling off the map a little bit. Top offense in the NBA over the last two weeks, Atlanta, Phoenix, Minnesota. That's surprising. Cleveland, Boston, and the Clippers. Minnesota's offense has not been good enough to win this thing, unless it suddenly is. That would be really interesting. Um, Teams that can't score right now, Memphis, Washington, San Antonio, Charlotte, Houston. Defensively, top team in the league is Minnesota by a large margin. Miami, Golden State, New Orleans, Cleveland, and Dallas. Teams that can't defend right now are Utah, Philadelphia, Toronto, Portland, Atlanta, and Sacramento. That is your edition of Locked on Jazz today. That's your Trends Monday on a Tuesday. Hope you're having a great one. Make sure you check out all the great content at Jazz+. Plus. It's available for you right now. We send you the first ever 24-7 national sports channel on YouTube. It's Locked On Sports Today. It's also now available on Amazon Fire TV as well.